Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Changed it up a little bit. Did you notice that, Cav? And the reason why I've changed it up a little bit is because they were supposed to be red fellas. And then I realized uh, Bilal, who sets up the streams, has set up as post-match carnage. And then I realized we've only going to have two of the red fellas. And then I realized it's a bit of a mixed house. And it is what it is. And it's Christmas and it's holiday season. And then I realized Man City are losing at half time. And then I realized they won 3-1 at the end. But it is what it is. We're here to talk Liverpool. Mainly, we're here to talk about Premier League. We're here to talk with my good friends. Cav is here, uh, of course. Cav, I've got to say, I've got to say, um, you are slowly becoming my favourite person to talk football in Liverpool with. Um, and, I genu- <laughs> and, I gen- and I genuinely mean that. It could also mean that you're the only one reliable left out of the Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> That's but take it as a compliment. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm probably the only one that listens. That's what you're trying to say, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Eh? Talk about um, talk about mixed team and everything like that. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Yeah. I love this part of the year. You know, between Christmas and the New Year, where you just don't know what's happening. You don't know what you should be doing You know, with yourself and your time and what have you. But... Um, I'm well, I'm good. Had a really nice Christmas break. Um, and Liverpool currently sit top of the league after after a pretty comfortable win. So um, I've got reason to be happy, as I'm sure we all have. We we have we have got reasons to be happy. I mean, obviously, people can always find reasons to be sad. <laughs> <Look> to them. <coughs> My coffee's still here, as you can tell. 
<coughs> I'll try my best to get through. Luckily, I've got people that love talking. Uh, Jamie's back. While our other American red fella is in track. No, actually, he... <coughs> excuse me, people. He went to Everton to try to will on the blues. Um, Evans in <laughs> Evan. Not to any luck. We've got uh, a very, very able, able replacement in Jamie. Jamie, long time no chat. How you doing? Hey, Grizz. I'm, I'm so happy to be back on, on Carnage, talking Liverpool. I, I swear, Grizz had hit me up a couple of times to come on, and I literally had been on vacation or away with my wife every single time, so there was no getting out of it. But luckily, the stars aligned to be back here today. And um, I was on a couple of times last year, and we were terrible. So mm. hopefully, if, if things go downhill from here, everybody at least knows where to uh, throw the blame. Put the blame. On. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. So happy to be back. Thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. And I think, unless I'm mistaken, making his debut on my channel. If I'm un unless I'm mistaken, I'm not sure. I see. Am I, I mistaken? I think you're correct. I think you're correct. Am I? Yeah, we've shared a, we've shared the stage, but not on your channel. Oh, amazing! Well, there you go. Much awaited, much awaited debut then. Asim <clears> from, of course, Born and Red, fresh from doing a show on his channel. Uh, first and foremost, make sure you do guys go and check out Born and Red. Asim, the who's very famously becoming the team. <laughs> I was going to say the team home and away mascot, but that's uh, that's offensive. <laughs> it's not offensive, but it's like I don't know how you want to say it. Sort of the cam the unofficial cameraman of Liverpool <laughs> FC home and away captures all the footage. How you didn't ask him? You're, you're going to get me in trouble, especially when the atmosphere I'm feeling is a talking point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you very much. Um, put your put your phone away, crew. He's he's, he's, a, he's a, yeah. Put your phone away. Put your phone away. But yeah, thank you very much for having me, Grizz. Uh, it's been a it's been a longer wait, hasn't it? And Jamie, you've been saying like you know you sort of haven't uh, been able to come on the channel. You've been sort of, have you, did you say that you've been saying no to Grizz a few times? I've been sort of reluctantly saying no to Grizz. I've sent him a, a bit of a schedule now. That here's my schedule for the week. So there's badminton in there, there's circuit classes in there. So whenever he asks me, I'm sure he'll sort of he's got that message. Yeah, but do you know what it is? Shall I tell you? Shall I tell you the funny thing? Right, you did tell me that, right? But I thought it's Christmas week, it's holiday season. I thought it might be like Pav says. This is the week where no one knows anyone's timetable. Yeah. People don't know what time of day it is, what night it is, what's the plan, what's the order. So I thought I might get away with it, and it's actually worked out. Because I've worked out, it has worked our way. Oh, Reedy's in the building. Big up Reedy, Leicester City fan. Uh, Asim, the legend, in with Grizz. Um, Prince, Ted, Prince Teddy, I haven't seen you for a little while. How are you doing? Hit the like button on your way, people. He's right, he's right. We already know the house rules. When you go to someone's house in this day and age, um, you take off your shoes, I think, in certain countries. Not all countries, I guess. And uh, in this house, you take off the... Uh, no, you, you you walk in and you smash a like. That's what we ask for. Um it's actually good, actually. Let's start off with how we treat the holiday season because we've got three different cultures here, three different parts of the world almost, um, three different... Yeah, so, so Kev, I'll start off with you. You, I'm assuming, do practice Christmas. You celebrate Christmas. What's it like for you at this time of year around the Christmas, New Year's? Just very briefly, a day in the Cav household when it comes to the holiday season. <laughs> uh, pretty, uh, well... It's been different for me this year because I'm not hosting Christmas. So for the past few years, I've cooked, which means 
Uh, oh. I've been left to my own devices in the kitchen and okay. I've hosted and everything. Um, but this year I was around uh, my mum's house. She did all the cooking. I just got to sit there, eat as much as I want, drank as much as I want and, uh, and took a bit of a, a back step. So um, Christmas was quite relaxed uh, for me, to be honest. And to be honest, just spending time just with family and friends. Um, I just love the Christmas break because everybody seems to get together um and also for me personally i in my line of work christmas is the only time where things actually stop so when yeah. we have a couple of weeks off at christmas it's an actual break which is really nice take any time off during the rest of the year you still get calls and texts and emails and you're never left alone but christmas it is a genuine break so i try to use that time to actually really spend time with the people i really care about which is of course my family and friends and so on so it's um it's a little bit more relaxed and um yeah even more so this year like sex i'm not doing the hosting which is great amazing but i'm intrigued <laughs> to know what you cook because you said you cook so i'm intrigued like i'm a cook i call myself a cook mm. but I, I, I cook like wee bix as good as I was gonna say, I've seen your WhatsApp pictures. You're not yeah. a cook. Yeah, the reason the reason why I'm saying I'm a cook, so the reason why I'm saying that is everyone calls themselves a cook, right? Until you actually taste it and see it. So I can fry an egg. I'm a cook. Can you actually make anything of any relevance? Yeah, I, I'm not gonna claim that I'm a cook because if any of my family and friends actually see this podcast, they're gonna have me afterwards. So <laughs> I can't cook. But I have, the, I don't know, talent, will, I don't know what you'd call it, but Christmas Day comes around and somehow I manage to just get away with it. The food right. gets cooked, it gets served somewhat on time and it's edible and people, you know, survive afterwards. I don't know how I do it. It is the only time of the year I really do cook. And yeah, maybe I just, maybe I just fluked it. I don't so, know. So, so I would say you're a big game player. Hey, I tell you that. I tell you that. We'll uh, we'll assess uh, afterwards after I've tasted uh, some of your cooking. We'll have to arrange something uh, in a get together. Sure. Uh, Jamie, yeah. other side of the pond. Talk to us. A day in the life of the Jamie household in on, on in the holiday season. How does it this work is, for you guys? This is a good one this year because we had an absolute Istanbul turnaround. So my wife is Brazilian, and Brazilians have Christmas on the twenty fourth, and so oh. we've been talking to. My mom and my stepdad to come over that my wife was going to cook and everything and so we had agreed earlier in the day so we thought 5 p.m to come over for them and we'd we'd serve dinner and have everything she made a whole brazilian uh host of dishes we had beans rice mayonnaise which is like a potato salad with mayonnaise obviously was it good say that again it's just it's mayonnaise but it's mayonnaise in portuguese and it's like those uh, a couple vegetables, everything slowed together with a, a little bit of mayonnaise. It's it's really it's bang on. Then we had farofa, which is like eggs cooked over in this um, like yeast thing, and it comes out really good. It's delicious. And so it's like five fifteen, and we text my mother that we need her to come and bring knives over as well. And they're fifteen minutes late in our heads. And my mom's like, "Wait, you mean today?" And she's like, oh, no, we thought that we that you were talking about the 25th. We were going to come tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my God, my wife's head's gone because she's just cooked the whole day. She's like, if you don't get your thing right now, yes. I'm over on the phone like George Schmack come making these calls. <laughs> we get my mom and, and my stepdad over. Everything works out. Everybody loves the food. And so I'm not a big game player like Cav. I can cook about 10 things really well, none of those being Christmas dinner. 
but I do have to say I, I saved Christmas, so I'll take I'll tip my hat to that one. <laughs> no, 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 fair enough, fair enough. And Asim, uh, a day in the life of a, a I mean, I know we, we don't celebrate Christmas, but we actually do love enjoying the the atmosphere around the whole family get together situation. Talk to us in the life of an Asian household. What does Christmas and or New Year's look like? Grizz, well, I'm I can talk from a personal experience. I we I call it tumba, tumba mode for about a week. Tumba oh. mode is tumba mode. Tumba, tumba mode for those who don't understand means um, <laughs> PJ's okay, mode. PJ's mode. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. family around. I'm lucky to live in a cul-de-sac with you know my mom and dad across the road, my brother across the road, and in the locality there's you know family houses as well and. All I do from house to house for a week or two is go and eat. eat. My my new res, New Year resolution started about a month and a half ago. So hence I was talking about circuit classes and gym classes. So I can enjoy this period. Forget That's- about it. Forget about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been there 15 years ago. I used to say the same things that you're saying now. <laughs> you know, well, New Year circuit classes. But yeah, I mean, look, I've seen, I, I've had the pleasure of seeing some of your WhatsApp. Uh, pictures about your food and everything and my god yeah even if i did have any i don't even if i did have any new year's resolutions yeah they all put to bed after i've seen some of your desserts and whatnot but but um guys uh the first super chat of the night adi says how can we win with city paying the refs hashtag 116 look guys we're going to talk about liverpool on the main i know a few of you are just sort of a bit seething a bit frustrated a bit angry whatever you know they weren't we weren't really expecting everton to do us any favors um yeah the handball we may discuss it we may feel like i don't know if, if you guys want to touch upon it cav did you see it no i'm not I, I i don't know the rules anymore i don't I can't be bothered luckily conroy's not on the panel today to stick up mm. for the for the referees um do you know the rules i've given up <laughs> i'm just giving up do you know? Do you know what I just I tried to? We'll probably t- talk about the incident in the in the uh, Burnley game. Yeah. But um, I just I just I just try and think to myself now, like, is it how I want football to be played? Is it is it is it what we want to see? You know, forget the rules because I don't know what they are anymore. It would you know? Is this the football we want to see? And, and more often than not, it's just it's just you know you can't keep up with it. You know, it changes week by week. You know, the stance changes all the time. I, I just don't try and stress myself out trying to keep up with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. People, don't forget today's show. And of course, the channel is sponsored by yourfutcard.com. Our friends, go check them out at www. I always forget how many Ws. No one says, because no one says www anymore, really, but I'm one of those old school that says it. www.yourfutcard.com. Go check them out for all your banners, prints, FUT cards. They do flags, they do everything, you name it. You want presented, uh, any occasion, any player, go check them out. They give you a 15% discount as well if you type in Redfellas. You support them, they support us. Everyone's a winner, baby. Um, we'll start off with, uh, as we usually do, Burnley, Liverpool. Um, Kev, I'll start off with you. Usually... Well, we say usually, it used to be a very tough and awkward place to go to. But since a certain Vinny company has taken over, it, it it's not so much. Um, and we could have definitely, definitely made it far, far easier than we did in the end. 
Um, yeah. Just overall thoughts. What did you make of it? I know it's sort of 48 hours ago now or 24 hours ago now, over over 24 hours ago. What's your mm. thoughts on um, how it kind of ended and how it started, really? Um, I'm really happy. To be honest with you, I think it was I think it was a great performance, everything considered. I think there was maybe a small, small period where Burnley sort of were having a little bit of joy in the second half. But other than that, it was it was total domination from Liverpool. I think the only thing that you could maybe be a little bit upset at is how we uh, didn't finish our chances off in front of goal. Um, uh, we've kind of said that most weeks, to be honest with you. Um, but we controlled proceedings throughout and we created chances. There were some really, really good individual performances. There looked to be a little bit uh, a better cohesion between the players. Um, and yeah, I just think it was really, really comfortable. And um, so it should be because Burnley are not a great team. Um, they don't play that sort of dice football quite so much anymore. They're a little bit more expansive. They do try and press. And uh, they give you opportunities to hurt them. And that's exactly what they did. I'm not quite sure what their whole game plan was. They neither sat back, neither pressed, which mm. was perfect for us. Gave us space to play in. And, and we did that. So um, overall, we win the game. We win by two goals. But realistically, if we'd have won four, five nil, you wouldn't have said, you wouldn't be shocked by that. And um, we come away with, with no injuries, which is also a really important thing. For us at the minute, uh, with the sort of um, guys we've got out already and uh, the sort of busyness of our fixtures. So, yeah, overall, from start to finish, for most of that game, I was just I was just really, really happy with what I've seen. Jamie, when the teams come out, was you sort of in any way surprised? I think that was the fourth game in 10 days for us, um, which obviously means we were always going to rotate. We were always going connection? to... Is this connection? Is it my connection? Am I there? Am I here? Yeah, you're still there, Chris. Yeah. So it must be Asim's then. Must be Asim's reception or connection. Can you not hear me? Hear me? See me? I can see you. Okay, it's Asim's. Yeah, it's Asim's. Um, Jamie, looking at the lineup, did you think then that it was to be expected, the rotation? Did anything surprise you? Of course, the standout or the surprise, possibly surprise selection of Gerald Kwanzaa. But even that kind of made sense because Kanate is pretty much our only centre-back alongside Virgil. Gomez is currently being used as an auxiliary left-back and right-back. And obviously, with the injury to Simicast, it meant uh, Joe Gomez comes to the to the left-back this week. Anything else that stood out for you in terms of the rotation for this week's? Or are you of the opinion, when teams are selected, you just leave it to the man himself? You're past complaining and moaning about team selection. Look, I mean... I think that we rotated and we still look like a really strong team that we put out there. And I thought that we would win the game pretty comfortably when I saw the 11 names who started for, for Jurgen Klopp. I think Wataru Endo is the first player since like Finnan and a couple others to play five games in 13 days um, it, who, who started all of them. Uh, I'm really happy when I see Joe Gomez this season. I think uh, – Last year, you saw a glimpse when I was on um, when uh, Gomez locked down Allen at Anfield last year. And it's like, okay, there's still potential here. There's still a very, very quality player here. And um, he goes to the left back, deputizes as well, and there's no concerns. There's no worries. And even with young Jarrell Kwanzaa, he had a, a, a baptism of fire, so to speak, with the Newcastle game at the beginning of the year. And he looked a solid, solid player. 
And um, if Jurgen Klopp gives you the nod, it gives me confidence that that you'll do well. And uh, the midfield was interesting with uh, Elliot being in there. I sort of expected that we'd see lots of runs for Salah going down the byline. We got a few with that nice left-footed shot and a great Trafford save. But uh, I was really interested to see how the front three would would coexist with Darwin and Cody sort of sometimes interchanging and going into different spaces depending on uh, where things were going. But we look a really, really, really deep team. And I think that the transfers that we had in the summer have have all been very, very good. Some better than others, but the midfield transplant that we needed and successfully got done has been a huge catalyst in us looking like a great team and being able to field very solid 11s throughout the first half of this year. Um, Asim, obviously, when, when you think about Burnley away, automatically yeah. everyone thinks about Dice Ball cold, and it was cold and wet because you was there. And then <clears> maybe <throat> possibly windy. Um, the Christmas period, the crowd up for it. It's not that ground. It's not that team. It's mm. not that It's not that um, personnel in the lineup. He's got yeah. a lot of footballers. He's got a lot of diminutive footballers, small, nippy, fast type. Um, and so, therefore, when I saw Elliot selected alongside Gravenberch and Endo, I was far less concerned than I would have been, for example, Brentford away. I think he picked a team. It was one of those where... I think we, me, Kat, we've spoken about horses for courses for so many times yeah. this season. That was a very much a horses for courses team. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you guys have been mentioning Endo as well. And I thought this was the first time in terms of structure. You, if you sort of follow my uh, Twitter, you know I like to get into the ins and outs of the structure of Liverpool formations and stuff. But also a, a massive vote and confidence uh, in Endo. For the first time, I thought Liverpool played a structure in where in build-up, they left Trent in a, in a three between the, with the centre-backs, but Endo was alone in that midfield. So it was a, a 3-1-6 structure where we let Gomez go really far and beyond. And I think this is a structure where, one, it sort of suits Liverpool in terms of if they're going to break it down a low block. I agree with Cav. I don't know what sort of Burnley's plan was, but what it was, was it was compact in terms of it still had the sort of, uh, you know, sort of gaps in uh, the spaces for Liverpool to sort of, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, take advantage of. But in terms of control and pinning their sort of defence back, every time Liverpool had that ball on the right, they all also had go Joe Gomez and Diaz on the left-hand side waiting for the ball, waiting for the switch. And this is what Liverpool targeted overloads. If they were going to drop their midfielders and their strikers into a really compact position, and leaving even their wingers in a compact position, I think Liverpool knew where the space was, and it was down the sides. And this is the reason why where you saw Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of dictate the game from a, a sort of a right-back position, but in a, in a third centre-back role. And, you know, Liverpool, I thought the fluidity, I think Harvey Elliott, whenever I've seen him, whether it's on the bench or whenever he starts, he might not have had the impact in terms of his individuality on the pitch, but I think he makes us play better football, if I may say so, if that's fair enough. Just like Darwin Nunes, I think Darwin Nunes on the pitch makes the Liverpool a more threatening team. He might not put the he might not bag every game, but in terms of fluidity and interchanging positions, I thought, yeah, you're right. And I was walking up to the ground with a few Burnley fans and they said, Look, we're gonna lose the ball a couple of times in defense by trying to play the ball out. Someone's gonna fall over, someone's gonna try to beat a, a breaker line but we're going to mess up, we're going to fuck up and you're going to win the ball high up the field and you're going to score a goal. And they were predicting 3 nils and 3-1 scorelines. 
But we may may not have seen that. But in terms of exercising control in the game, I thought Liverpool did that by keeping the ball, keeping Burnley pinned back, and you know our quality shone through on the night. Um, people, uh, the, the the mods are in, the channel members are in, and they're reminding of all you guys to to smash that like button. Close to three hundred of you guys are already in here. Let's hit that like button. We have. Um, we have just under, I think, I believe, 200 left to reach that 35k. I wonder if, no, of course, I can't, can't do it before thing. But all right, just do it, innit? Might do it in the transfer January window, but under 200. Subscribe if you haven't. Smash like if you haven't already. Pav, I don't know what to make of that opening opening half. It should have mm. been it should have been all over curtains, um, and it should have been. I, I was tweeting after twenty minutes. Uh, Joe Gomez should already be rested uh, for the rest of the game. <laughs> like, well, he's our he's our only left. Back, far so, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, Joe Gomez should already be rested. Um, this is crazy how we're not three 0 up. Darwin scores the opening goal, and I want to get all your opinions on this part. Actually, is are we suffering? The, is is the reason why our forwards are not efficient in terms of? Uh, the amount of goals scored compared to the chances created. Do you guys think it's down to the constant rotation and the shifting of positions and the shifting of understanding? Because, look, how many years do we know the front three was a front three? They knew each other like the back of your hands. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you guys know the back of your hands? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense. But but they knew each other's movement instantly. Um mm. Whereas when we're constantly changing, the only constant is Mohamed Salah. And even that changes now because there's moments in a game or, or periods in the game where Mohamed Salah goes through the middle. Or is there another reason? Or is it just because the midfield's changed? What is it? Because we're missing, we're struggling to be efficient. And mm. this was probably the worst example of it or the best example of it, whichever way you look at it. I think... I think the most important thing is we are creating chances. I'd be more concerned if we wasn't. And we seem to be creating different types of chances from different areas of the pitch, from different players. So that's a positive. Our clinicalness in front of the goal isn't great. Um, Although we do seem to be coming away. I was looking at previous results. You know, we do score two, three goals a game, you know. Um, But they seem to be shared around um, the team at the minute, which is also a positive. I just think um, it is to do with a bit of rotation. I think it's to do with a system change and tweaks um, sort of game by game and also within the game as well. Um, I think it's some players just out of form um, and certainly all of the forwards can do better. I also think there seems to be a bit of an atmosphere at the minute. We talk about Klopp 2.0 and the sort of new acquisitions we got in the summer and we are building something and during that period whilst you're building, there seems to be a collectiveness there, a, a good harmony in the squad. Everybody's friends, everybody's supporting each other, but there needs to come that ruthlessness. There needs to come that, especially from the forwards, that that attitude change where you switch from being the guy that's happy to be part of the, the squad and happy to be part of this building process and happy to play the minutes you're given to one that's that becomes, no, I want to play every single game, no matter what. And to do that, I have to be selfish and I have to be clinical and I have to take these opportunities. And, you know, Sal is probably the only guy we have in that forward line that has that selfishness. But even now, like he misses a chance against Burnley where he hits the crossbar and he still turns around and smiles. 
Now, I'm sure inside he's still got that drive, he's kicking himself or what have you. But, you know, we need players like Nunes and Gapo and Diaz to step up and be like, I am going to play and I am going to take these chances and I am going to just be the guy that demands I'm in this side as opposed to somebody that's happy to be rotated in that. That killer instinct just needs to come. And I think it will come. I think that will come with form. I think that will come with confidence and understanding. But um, I think all of the all of the players just need to improve and they just need to um, continue to work hard. And I do think it will come because every single one of them has got quality. They're all different in their own right. And um, I think they can all contribute. I've still got a lot of faith in these forwards and they're going to have to come good because we're going to lose our main talisman uh, to AFCON in January. So um, if there was ever a time for them to step up, now is it, be it that we're in all the competitions still as well. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come on to the Salah AFCON situation and uh, another important member that may become uh, very, very important uh, absence as well. Um, Asim, cause for concern? Or are you like Cav? Like, no, the fact that we're creating so much keeps or gives you hope that it's fine. Because how many times have we discussed it? And we've discussed it in our WhatsApp group so many times that yeah. fine margins. When we're yeah. dealing with when we're dealing with clubs such as Man City and to a lesser extent Arsenal, um, fine margins. We can't continue to keep missing. This was one of those games that it doesn't come back to haunt us, but sort of the, the blanks against Man United, mm. for example. Um, there was another game, no? But but you know what I mean. Yeah. We've missed example. Is there causes for concern, or are you of the opinion? No, it's just it's just part of the process of Liverpool 2.0. We're rebuilding because you've got to remember Mohamed Salah is the only one that's been there for more than two years at the attack as well and a new midfield. And this was my was going to be my first point, Grizz, is that if you look at our I've called them many times as a collective five, probably the best five as a collective in the world in terms of what they give us in Ooh. terms of character traits. And profiles. I might be wrong. It's just an opinion. Mm. When you take out Jotter out of that, you're taking out best finisher. I think you know. I've seen many sort of comparisons today as well because he scored last night. You know, he's our Robbie Fowler. But I do see that fox in the box. He can score any type of goal, left foot, right foot. He can turn on a sixpence. He does get criticised uh, for maybe not having the technical ability. But we've been spoiled over the years of having Bobby connecting play on the halfway line. He's not that type of guy, but what he is, is he has that nous for appearing in the right time, the right place, and he can score any type of goal, any type. And he's underestimated in the air as well. His aerial ability is very, very underrated. And if you're going to take that out of the, the five, out of the fighting line for a month or two, you're going to miss that player. And then combined with the fact that Gakpo, like you suggested, Grace, Gakpo uh, and Darwin are having their own sort of problems. Diaz is having his own problems on the and off the pitch. So you're going to see a natural drop-off uh, because, let's be honest, Gakpo and Darwin haven't really established themselves as proper Liverpool first-teamers yet. There's a, a sort of, you know, a rotation, but no one has nailed it down yet through performances. They've had patches and they've some, you know, sort of patches of brilliance in games and, you know, whenever they started. But, you know, I do feel that uh, Jurgen Klopp really, really wants Darwin Nunes, especially to start. And I was just going to mention about Gakpo's. Since he's come, he's played left midfield, he's played right midfield, he's played out the left, he's played up top. So even, never mind changing sort of a personnel from game to game, it changes of positions as well. Yep. Because no one can really nail it down. So Liverpool as a team are going through, you know, sort of tweaks and transition as well. We're finding, we're seeking perfection. 
But I think it will come. Am I concerned? No, I'll be a lot more concerned if the chances won't be created. Um, but the good thing about Liverpool now is rather than having a, a conservative pedestrian midfield who were really the, the sort of the horses, if, if I may say so, use that metaphor for the front three. Now we've got creators, whether it's Trent from midfield in the deep areas, uh, the defensive uh, areas, sorry. And then you've got Sabosline, McAllister, um, and even Curtis as well, and Elliot has seen shown recently as well. If we didn't have the creators, um, I'd be a lot more concerned. But I know we're going to go through a purple patch as well throughout the season where everything is going to go in. And you, I, I firmly believe Liverpool will see some 3-0, 4-0 scorelines because we can't go on missing and... You know, 10, 15 chances every single... How many How many shots was it? 64 shots in about two games against Arsenal. And I, I admit about six of them or 10 of them were coming off Gakpo's ass uh, in the who United. Cares? Yeah, but, who cares? Man? But yeah. who cares? But yeah. yeah, I'm not concerned. I'm definitely not concerned now with the return of the slaughter. Um, big up to 1892 Reds TV in the, channel, uh, in, the, in the chat as well, guys. Smash those like buttons. If you haven't already, or tap them. Don't don't need to smash them. We don't uh, promote aggressiveness on this channel or any or violent nature. Just tap it. Uh, that'll do. Jamie, um, like Asim says, where someone's due a whooping, um, <laughs> it should have been Burnley. It should have been Burnley, absolutely. Because at half time there was eight shots on target. Um, I thought the keeper guys. This keeper's a very good keeper. What's his name mm. again? I've forgotten. Trafford. Trafford. Yeah. My God, he's a bloody good keeper. Mm. I thought he was out. Come through at Man City, didn't he? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. come through at Man City. And I think Burnley signed him for a good fee as well. 20 he plus looks, million, he, I'm sure. He, he looks he looks yeah. he looks he looks like a little boy. Um yeah. uh, but he was he was very, very agile, very confident with the ball at his feet as well. Mm. Because when you've got someone like Darwin Nunes hunting you down, like sort of Locks flowing everywhere, quite a sight. It's like sort of, you know, um, it's like a scene from Game of Thrones. But, you know, he was very calm and collected. Jamie, now, Nunes strokes one in beautifully. And you think to yourself, this is the start of like an easy three points. I mean, it was it was a stroll in the park almost. It should have been a stroll in the park. Same question to you. Are you concerned or are you know, you know, it's cool. We'll, we'll come. I think our vision is a little bit hazy due to the fact that we're in first place because realistically after the season that we had last year and where we are now, the amount of growth that we've had, especially with the transfers, as I mentioned before, is, is astronomical. And that's not even with the forward line firing as, as it potentially could. I mean, if we had, you know, Bobby, Sadio, and Mo from anywhere between 2018 and 2020 in this team, we'd be ahead by 10 points, I reckon, honestly. Honestly. Um, and that's not cause for concern with the 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 deputies that we have at, at the top of the field. Nunes is a project. Nunes is a project. Um, we've missed Jota, that's obvious. Luis Diaz has not been the guy who came on against Chelsea um, in the Carabao Cup and absolutely lit it up, taking it down the, the the left line and giving escape routes to Liverpool since that Thomas Partey challenge. Um, and he's obviously had so much that he's come through in the past two months or so. Uh, Cody Gakpo, I think, has been a really, really solid player for Liverpool. 
despite the fact that he's played in multiple positions. And I mean, if we think about the Liverpool of old, that team didn't get to be the way that it was until Mohamed Salah was added. And that's of two years of Bobby, a year of Sadio, and then the goals start to explode. But it was over a two-year period. And so I think right now we know that there is a league title in play because we're in, in first place. But I don't think that we should hold this forward line to expectations that's beyond what they're able to give us, especially with what we know that we had previously. And that's not to say that they won't score goals and that they can't get better. I, I, I think if you look at Darwin Nunez for Uruguay, he, he can get into places and be efficient. That's that he can do it. I've seen him do it for Uruguay. And it's just now a matter of instead of making one goal in every five good opportunities, one in four, one in three. Um, it's such an ironic situation with Darwin where he hits a, a beautiful shot at the top of the box. Keeper's got no chance, well placed. And then there's one where he's going in and you think, all right, he's about to hit it. He's about to hit it. He's about to hit it. And he does some back heel thing. And the funny thing is, I went to the game against Southampton uh, last year where he did that same play and and Bobby scuffed it and nearly made a beautiful goal and, and we just didn't get it in the game for two goals. And so I think for this forward line, it's going to be about the rotation as we know, but obviously finding our form at the right time. And I think this five-man deputy forward line has the ability, like Asim said, to be one of the best in the world. We just need them all fit at the same time so that we can see when they're fighting for places, who's really going to be in that front three when we need them to be there. Um, one nil at half time. Cav with that beautifully, beautifully um, finished. It's such an unlike Nunes type finish, isn't it? We'll go on to mm. speak about sort of, you know, uh, Darwin Nunes. Gakpo uh, was coming off the left in this game. Many thought Gakpo was going to th play through the middle, but is it the rotation of positions that sort of will work for us? That the fact that we don't we don't have fixed players in fixed formations and also the ones in the in the midfield as well. I want to touch upon sort of we've touched upon the, the, the strikers, but the midfield as well. Elliot and Gravenberch. Um the fact that they're starting away to Burnley, A shows sort of Klopp's really trust them. Mm. And B, uh, you know, we've got I know we 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 talk about depth, but that's quite some depth. As Asim said, Elliot's been a revelation whether coming off the subs bench and, and and starting, I thought again he was a, again a key key connector. Again, that's something we're going to have to be patient with. It's almost a bonus that we're doing so well with a revamped attack. Some would say mm -hmm. a revamped defense as well, but most certainly a revamped midfield. And I want you to touch upon, or we're going to start touching upon, Wataro Endo. Wataro mm. Endo was uh, frowned upon. I think it's fair to say. Uh, when, we've, when we bought him after placing a bid for 115 million, was it? For Caicedo, suddenly we opted for the 15, like left out the 100 million odd and went for a 15 million <laughs> signing. I read an amazing stat, Cav. Uh, someone messaged me and said, he's the only player to start in five games in 13 days for, for Liverpool in the last five. In the last 13 days, we played five times. He's the only yeah. player that started every game. I was left speechless with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think we need to always recognise um, 
where we've come from, and Jamie touched upon it a moment ago, uh, with the development in this squad and how many success, how much success we've had in such a short period of time. We're halfway through, not even halfway through the season, we're halfway through the league season, but not the entire season. And there's been new signings that have come in, as James says, some better than others, but all of them, I'd say, have been successes in their own right. And what you've got to understand is every time we put an 11 together, there's always new partnerships. There's always new midfields. There's always new players having to find their feet kind of in-game because they've not played with each other before. And we are managing to control games, you know, not the entirety of games, but for the most part, we are controlling games. And like I say, we just wish we could take some more chances. But one thing that's been, you know, apparent this season is the defence has been brilliant. You know, we've, of course, conceded goals, but we've got joint best, if not the best defensive uh, record this season in the league. And we'll talk about individuals a bit later on. But part of that is just having a midfield that is working in front of the defence. And we didn't have that last season. We had a defence that was so often exposed. You know, if you got beyond the press, you could just run straight out of the back four, maybe even back three if Trent had pushed up up the pitch. And we were just getting cut open at will. And that's not happening at the moment. And that's gonna be that's largely down to the midfield working hard, but also just very quickly adapting to the league. Graven Birch and Endo started at the weekend, they're new to this league, <coughs> adapting to the pace. Yeah. understanding the tactics, where they need to be, where they need to fill in, knowing where the triggers and the presses are, you know, recognising when one's sort of out of position covering each other and so on and so on. There's so much that goes into being a midfielder for Liverpool. And Endo in particular is somebody that I don't think he's fashionable. I don't think, I think people were a little bit upset when we did sign him because he was a bit of a plan B. And we and, and I don't think as Liverpool fans expect to be making plan B signings anymore. Um and since he's come in, you know, there's been a mix of opinions, but I think he's done okay. You know, he's mainly played in in the Cups and, and in the Europa League. And I think he's been steady. I think I, I thought he'd be a little bit better defensively. And I think it's took him a little bit of time to sort of get up to speed and find the pace of the game. I think his passing's quite okay. I think it's short, it's 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 efficient, it's um it's sharp, he never slows down the tempo, you know, he seems to be okay. He's getting more and more comfortable receiving the ball off of the goalkeeper or the centre-backs. And he seems to be turning a lot better and finding his teammates. He's doing a job. And above it all, he's reliable. And I'll never take that for granted again after last season. Hmm. His availability is there. Obviously, he's going to go off to the Asia Games now. Nothing we can do about that. But he's available. He works hard. He's always there to put the challenge in. And he's hmm. getting more and more comfortable on the ball, like I say. So I'm... Getting, I'm, I've been okay with him, and I'm being more and more impressed with his performances. And he's, he's massive for us because McAllister's obviously out at the minute. He'll be returning soon, but we're going to need rotation in that midfield. And the sixth position is so so key to our defensive structure and and both our defensive play, but also offensively. How we build out from the attack, how quickly we build out from the attack, where that six find him finds himself when we're building out from the back also affects where Trent plays and whether he comes inside or, or plays wide. And there's so, so many things that go into that position. And I just think he's really carried himself well since he's come into the club. I think he's worked really hard. And I think he's now starting to see the benefit because he's getting minutes and he's, and he's being a really important player for us. And you can see the improvement. Now, he's a 30-year-old man. Do I think he's going to be the guy for Liverpool moving forward? Perhaps not. We'll probably want to improve on that position. But we've got to focus on the here and now. And he's what we've got. And I think at the minute, 
he's doing okay and we should be happy with him. Asim, we're sticking on Wachoro Endo. Um, yeah. Crypto's trying to give me all the credit. I remember Grizz was the only one who was positive. <laughs> I, was, I, I was definitely not the only one. But I was more positive after speaking to Andy Shaw, Andy Brassel, uh, uh, um, who had done a show with me when we signed Wachoro Endo. And he was telling me people are going to sort of eat their words or realise how intelligent of a footballer he is. And Andy's mm. words were absolutely spot on. Many didn't see it, Asim. Many didn't see it, and it's understandable because the frustration of Liverpool fans was that if we're if we're looking to spend X amount, yeah. why have we looked? Why have we looked to spend this amount? But I've always maintained as him, I don't care about the prices, or I, yeah. and I mean this. I just want the quality and the profile of player to be correct. Now, like Cav says, moving forward, he may not be the long term successor. And yeah. I maintain he won't be the long-term successor to the number six. But right now, Asim, just imagine no Endo for the last however long it's been. Where will we be without Endo? Yeah, 100%. And if you if you consider the type of games that we were playing, these were high-intensity games, probably games that suited. We needed someone who's comfortable and who likes putting a foot in, into the, sort of in, in the tackle. And I think... He, he rolled his sleeves up on those occasions. And I have to give him his flowers where I was probably suspecting these were the biggest games that he's probably ever played in, in terms of the magnitude of games. Arsenal at home, um, you know, he was all even billed as a, a title decider, uh, you know, early on this season. But I know we, it wasn't that type of game. But, you know, we like to promote and hype up games, don't we? But in terms of profile, 100% crazy, you're right. He is a guy who has clarity in the position. He knows his role, where he can yeah. pop it off to the defenders. He can turn if he's got a bit of space. He is not that type of guy like McAllister that is going to break lines. And let's not sort of, I think, downplay McAllister's role as well, you know, in the early parts of the season. Because even though we know he's so comfortable in the ball, that Argentinian tenacity, uh, you know, we shouldn't downplay it because he likes to put a foot, uh, in, uh, a foot in the tackle as well. And we have to realise how many times, we can't forget how many times he's won the ball and he's just played that first ball and our transition uh, in the attacking sense has gone from, you know, Darwin Nunes or Salah putting the ball uh, back to that. Salah more so than Darwin, <laughs> I should I should hasten to add. But look, in terms of in the last four or five games, yes, I think, and I touched on it before, the confidence that man, the manager has had in him to make sure we can play with that structure and rotate it so we're not predictable in the build-up. And we have to realise that Roberts, Robertson's been missing, Shimakas has been coming. And with all due respect to our left-backs, even with Gomez, they're not the sort of Guardiola, they're not the Nathan Aki type of defenders where they're very, very comfortable in the build-up. So what Jurgen Klopp has been playing is his two defenders, like the old style where Fabinho and Thiago or Wijnaldum would sit in front of the midfield and Van Dijk or Gomez or Van Dijk, Matic, Van Dijk, Kanate would split as a two and it was a man-to-man. But, you know, that was what was probably was exposing us. And maybe if we can sort of have a rotation in the build-up, whether we do a 4-2 or a 3-2 or a 3-1, like we saw yesterday, it gives Liverpool, you know, options. I mean, it makes us less predictable, more time on the ball in the case of Endo as well. And in terms of this system and structure, it's always been perceived as a, a positional type of uh, structure. But I think we're seeing now is it's a Jurgen Klopp element on that sort of setup where it's controlled chaos and I absolutely love the fluidity whether it's in midfield whether it's in attack with Harvey Elliott coming in 
And I think with even Endo, I think uh, someone touched on it in where in terms of if Trent plays on the outside or the inside, it puts extra responsibility on someone like Saboslai to come inside. But yesterday was a big moment for me where Liverpool played a structure where he had total confidence in this player and it showed. And we can't forget the fact that someone like Fabinho, who was unbelievable, one of the best DMs that we've seen in the Premier League uh, in this you know sort of recent era, he took six months to learn the role. When he came, Jurgen Klopp said, look, we play that defensive midfielder role differently. And it has to be said for the same for someone like Endo, who came, who probably, I, I, I didn't see you know, his team in the German league, how he played that. But Liverpool play, and we need to make sure our DM wins the ball, he can sustain attacks high up the field. And now he's doing that. And now he's got up in the excessive, you know, in, in terms of his confidence. He's growing. And it's only better. We have to learn what's sort of uh, we lost the likes of Henderson and Milner and when someone like Thiago comes back and Bajetic comes back he'll probably go down the pecking order but in terms of rotation in terms of the squad the depth of it we can't complain if he's the fourth fifth sixth choice then he's a brilliant footballer to bring in um, Jamie Asim talks about sort of well Asim talks about his sort of reliability, availability and his adaptation, which has been, I think, very, very, very amazing. Like, as he says, our midfielders. So, for example, I just want to, and, I, and I'm not, I don't want to criticise him, but I'm just giving an example of the same time scale. So we've spoken about Gravenberch coming in as well. And I, I think it's fair to say he struggled slightly in terms of picking up the positions and the requirements and sort of the, 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 the pressing uh, uh, triggers, all of these things, playing in a clock midfield isn't easy. And maybe we can touch upon the Gravenberch impact and the signing um, because he's been selected. And, and I tweeted at the start of the game, I think this is a, I don't think I said pivotal. If I did, I'm wrong, I'll delete it. I'll delete the tweet. Um, I, I hope I didn't say pivotal, but I said an important game. I think important game to show his talent and quality because I knew Burnley wasn't that old Burnley where they're going to be rough and up and they're going to let you play and they did let him play. I think he needs to do more, but I think it's one of those ones where he's younger and you can see the experience of Endo coming through. Endo, of course, captain of Japan, um, another captain added to the team roster. Um, and I think Gravenberch we're going to have to be a slightly more patient with because it was one of those games where me personally, guys, and feel free to tell me if, I'm, if I saw a different game, I thought he flattered to deceive a game. Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one because he's had flashes of brilliance. You see the talent that he has dribbling with the football. Um, he's very good in tight spaces, but I haven't yet seen consistently where he ties it all together. Um, and, you know... It wasn't for trying yesterday because I think his overall performance wasn't great. But if that goal that Elliot scores doesn't get chalked back, he gets an assist. And then we would have had something tangible there to point to and say, uh, you know, he, he's done something. But um, what is he, 21? He's I 21. He's 21. I, I forgot he's 21. He's 21 <laughs> years old. He's, he's gone in Munich. It's, it's not really worked out. He's not been picked before coming to Liverpool for a long time. Yeah. And so I think he's the one where you'd say, okay, he's not kicked on as the others have potentially. But 
at the same time, if we're talking about someone who has room to grow, he definitely has time and room to grow. And he's not been a player that I would say is, is a fish out of water. He's, he's not been smooth the way that we would have wanted him to be, but he's got lots of room to improve. And, you know, I trust Jurgen Klopp. And one of the things that's interesting with Gravenberg is in previous iterations of Liverpool, he's typically been very hesitant to bring players in straight away. And with this iteration of Liverpool in their midfield, Basically, everyone has just got to play right away with the additions of of Jones and and Elliot, who had already been here. And, um, you know, maybe it'll look different when Bajatic is back, when Thiago is back. We don't know. But um, I think there's lots of room to improve with with Gravenberg. And I'm just uh, I'm surprised nobody mentioned it. But I think the thing that Endo epitomizes which we didn't have last year is ownership and integrity and responsibility to say, if I didn't give everything, you know, you can say that, that I, I, I shouldn't be here. And you see that with the tackle that he makes, which frees up Jota, which gets into the goal. And I, I, you know, he's got the cult hero vibe. He's got the, the mouth guard and man, when he puts that mouth guard in, it, it just, it, it gets me absolutely going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, the second half was pretty much a continuation of the first half, barring a, a little section of the game where it got a little bit, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I, I, I wasn't fearing the worst, but I was thinking we've seen this. Uh, obviously, the disallowed goal, the second disallowed goal, we won't go into the decisions and, because no one knows the rules. Let's not fucking <laughs> pretend we know the rules. Like, please, <laughs> no one knows the rules. No one knows if it was a goal or not. Even though I think, Asim, if you can confirm, we do have an official referee in the chat. Um, oh, the yes. Oh, yes. Um, um, so if, is, is that Abid? Yeah, is that our Abid? It's Nasref. Nasref. Right. Okay. So he says he says grab will come good. I don't know who grab is, but uh, I'm sure he means grab. Uh, listen, we, we've, we've got an official ref in the chat. He don't know the rules. No one knows the rules right now. They're just a piece of paper and each human being interprets them or any match they, you know, according to their understanding. But there was a shift in sort of um, mood when that second goal didn't go in. It was chalked off. And then Burnley had a, and I'll come to ask him how we fell out the ground. There was a period of about 10 minutes where the fella, the fella on the left, hold on guys, what was his name? Someone tell me his name. His name is Wilson Odebert. Can yeah. we sign him up? already like, <laughs> like i don't give a shit sign that kid up they had about 10 minute spell calf where they look like and they believed that you know what we've been dominated here but they haven't put us away and naturally in any shape walk of life society even in our own lives if we're given a chance there's times in our life where we think we can take it and we want to take it and it gives us renewed hope but i do want to come upon after that you talk about that the reasons why that didn't last very long but was you worried mm. for a little while thinking, of, course, oh, shit. of course Chris when you go to uh, it, it wasn't a banana skin or let's say you know like a way to Brentford um, you know they would probably carry a bit more threat a lot more threat uh, and you know we've touched on that but 
it's a it's a little silly scoreline, isn't it? One nil with about 15, 20 minutes to go. And when that happened, you know, we thought massive sense of relief. You know, we can probably go on to get three, four, five goals now because they'll have to chase the game even more so and we'll just count, counter them and, you know, we'll all go home happy. But you know what? I was quite disappointed, really disappointed with their crowd, you know, for the first 60, 70 minutes until that goal got disallowed. But if did that goal, if that goal did anything for Burnley, apart from the obvious of choking it off, it got their crowd behind them. They thought, you know what? It might be our night. It might be. It, we've had a few, you know, sort of lucky decisions uh, go with us, and we could grab something. And I agree. We were we were worried, and we were just sort of going through the fact we, we ruined our chances. And we've been here before for the last month or so, where I know we've been chasing games. But we've been missing chances and it's been a, a common theme for the last month or so, hasn't it? And um, yeah, we were worried until, you know, Jota came and just like the manager said, the dynamic changed. Uh, but in terms of why we were creating chances, I saw you tweet today about the, was it uh, the three substitutions that you mentioned, Grizz, today? Um, I thought it happened with the Arsenal game as well. We we lost momentum. In that game, we put Salah from the right wing into the central position and it gave the ascendancy to Arsenal to play with the ball. Rice got on the ball a bit more and they controlled it. Yesterday, I thought Harvey Elliott, I touched on it, that he's the connector between our defence and our attack. And we probably don't have enough connectors. We've got brilliant individual stars, but we don't have connectors in this team. And maybe Saboslai was supposed to be that with an end product and an output, but he's got had a, a box-to-box role this season because he's he's the balancing act between Trent and Salah. Someone's got to play that role, um, haven't they? But I think, again, we lost momentum and we lost rhythm. And Burnley had a reason to chase the game. And on any other day, I think there was a back post header, wasn't it, where it went over the bar. That was a, a real chance. And, you know, it could have been easily one all. But, you know, luckily for us, we got that chance and we got broke away. And Endo was a brilliant tackle on the halfway line. And it settles away for, you know, a good, comfortable win- victory in the end. Mm. Some would say luck. I would say a couple of names that we're going to come to talk about. And people in the chat want to want to want to speak on it. Uh, first, we'll speak on Kwanzaa in the Klopp voice. Hopefully, that was my Klopp impression that I dusted <laughs> with. I won't do it again. Cav, um, I think two of the reasons, the main reasons why we didn't succumb to anything more than ten minutes of pressure were our two centre backs. Um, we'll start off with the young man um, mm. because all summer we were massive advocates of bringing in a centre-back. Let's not try to act differently now. We were all massive advocates. I've done plenty of shows with you and you can't claim otherwise because <laughs> I've got the receipts. But but, we're, but <laughs> this fella, this kid, I should say, 20, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me. I, I thought he was immense, magnificent, magnificent. Uh, he reminds me of a cross between Matip and Virgil. Now, if that's an ever a hybrid and a half, wow. Hey, the, the chat just put it best. Virgil van Kwanzaa. Yeah, credit to you. Credit to you when you came up with that. Um, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to deny that in the summer, 
I wanted a centre back. I'm not going to deny that uh, Levi Kowa was somebody that I would have liked to have brought in because he's a left footer, can play on the left side of defence. Was thinking about the immediate season, was also thinking about long term in terms of Virgil van Dijk and how long he can go on for at a top level and so on and so on. Um, but Kwanzaa, I don't think he's put a foot wrong at all. You know, every single minute he's played, he has done what is required. You're on mute, Chris. Apart from just, the penalty, I'm just guessing the palace, you just the palace. Yeah, penalty. yeah. But, yeah. but that, but even that, you know, he, he's in the process, right, yeah. he's in the right area. He reads the game. He goes to do the right thing. It's just timings off, and that can yeah. happen to anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. that can happen to the best of them. Um, I just think he's come. He stepped in. He's played brilliantly. He's took his chances um, every single time, and he looks like a first teamer every single time. Kwanzaa's, you know, you look at the lineup, you see Kwanzaa's in there. I just look, I just move on to the rest of the team. I don't bat an eyelid. I'm just so comfortable with him being in there now. And he has done that in such a short period of time. And I think he really does, you know, consider himself a first teamer. I think we should. I was even thinking if he hadn't played so many minutes in the previous game, I'd be like, I, you know, um, I'd start him ahead of Canate at times because I actually think playing out from the back, he's he's probably better, you know, at times, at this current moment in time. Um, when we think about his attributes you know he's tall he's strong wins his aerial duels he reads the game well when he steps in he usually comes away with the ball he knows when to go in <clears throat> he knows how to um step up and hold the high line he knows yeah. when to drop off he can play left side he can play right side um i say he's passing out from the back is good at times we've seen his long range passing as well that's also brilliant um we see that Trent vacates his right back position. So then that's an added, you know, element for him to, to make sure he's aware of it at the very least, if not cover one-on-one, uh, -on -one, he seems good. Um, and one thing I was really pleased to see in the last game was there was a moment where he mis he misreads the uh, flight of the ball and it bounces over his head and he's in a bit of a 10 yard foot race with, um, I'm not sure who it is from um, Burnley, actually, but he's in a 10-yard foot race, and I was thinking he's got a decision to make here. He's either got a he's either got to fully commit and and um, maybe bring the player down or what. But he, he gets there, and not only does he get there, he doesn't just hoof the ball out of play. He has the awareness to know where his teammates are around him. That he just sort of nonchalantly that's the Virgil Virgil-esque just flicks Magic. the ball back over the Burnley man's head and puts it in a space where Trent just picks it up and we go again. And I love that because when he first came into this side, I really acknowledged and praised him for how calm he is on the ball. You know, young players stepping in at centre-back, they just want to be rash, get into every challenge and just overplay at times. He's never overplayed. He tackles when he needs to tackle. He'll put it out for a throw if he needs to put it out for a throw. He'll go long when he needs to go long and he'll play when he can play. And I was really pleased to see that in a moment where he was put under pressure, because if he'd have lost that ball, they would have been through on goal. He just he just had not only got there, you know, but he had the vision and the calmness and the awareness around him to keep the play going. And then in the second half, he he, he pulls off a challenge where one of the Burnley players is played through and he's, look, he's bearing down on goal and he tracks back with some incredible pace and he puts the challenge in. Not sure if it's in the box. I'd like. I think it was, but it, we're one nil up at the time. And if he doesn't time that to perfection, oh, just it's outside. one one. Yeah, it's, and it, it's, yeah, and, and it yeah. changes the game. And I just think not only has he played well for every minute he's played, he's had key moments where he stepped up as well. And we, if we consider Virgil Van Dijk the best defender 
in the world and probably the best defender of all time. We would say that is the level you want to reach if you're a centre-back, mm -hmm. right? That's the aim. That's where you'd want to get to. But not every player can get there because they don't have the attributes. Kwanzaa really does have the attributes to get to that level. Now, I would say he needs to continue playing exactly how he's playing for the rest of the season. He needs to cement himself as a first-teamer and he needs to continue pressing, uh, progressing. And he just needs to continue exactly what he's been doing. Keep his head level, stay humble because praise is going to start heaping. Um, but he really can get there. He really can get there. And I'm not afraid to get really excited about this player because if he was playing for... Real Madrid, if he was playing for Barcelona, if he was playing for anybody else, <laughs> we would all be talking this man up. But because he's a Liverpool youth prospect, we all have to calm our expectations. We all have to calm ourselves. And I'm saying, no, I'm going to heat the guy with praise and I'm going to expect <laughs> the most from him because I truly have seen enough to, to expect that. Not expect it, but wouldn't be surprised if he if he achieves it. So I'm, I'm so <clears> pleased. And he's... He's massive for us this season and moving forward, he's probably saved us a hell of a lot of money in, yeah. in the defence. You know what I love about him, guys, and I've, I've spoken about it a couple of times, but not enough. And I think we're seeing it more and more. And maybe the people that haven't seen it will start seeing it. If you point out something, you tend to see people put, look out for it more. Watch his nastiness. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm. I like my centre-backs to have a bit of, I'm old school, Cavalio of Chelsea used to have it. Even Baresi had it. Uh, you know, you have to have this. Um, it doesn't have to be going around making crazy tackles, and but he's got this, he leaves one in on the player every single time. <laughs> Almost like I used to, you know, when I used to teach my Sunday league team, coach my teach, maybe teach, coach, <laughs> coach, coach my Sunday league team. I used to always tell the center backs, and I don't know if you do, Jamie, with the kids. You know, what I mean, I hope you, I hope you, I hope you're teaching the kids the right way, Jamie, out in the USA. <laughs> but I used to always tell the, the my center backs and my full backs to let let the attacker know you're there that's what i used to say and just let them know that mm. this In guy the for time. 20 yeah this guy always lets them know he's there and i love that about him but jamie kwanzaa chat we've got hopefully loads and loads to talk about kwanzaa i want to touch upon our captain our skipper our leader now um i i woke up this morning thinking i need to do a tweet on virgil van dyke i think it's not spoken enough of sort of the role he's played so far this season so many of his compatriots left this season think about it guys they've been together for six seven years that core of henderson fabinho milner um bobby virgil all split up now and he's pretty much the only one left along with robertson allison and salah you could say out the senior crew not only has he been made captain but there was loads of doubts about his overall form situation. Will we get Virgil back? Will we get our Virgil back? I think yesterday was another example of him. And Asimov no more because he was at the game. But Jamie, at the uh, like every time there's a bit of, what's the word? Um, you know, when you're under pressure. Yeah, Virgil, yeah. Virgil is there in every situation, calming everyone alongside him. So not only is he chopping, changing partners, in terms of centre-backs and young centre-backs, but the job he's doing and, and, and the form he's showing, I can't speak highly enough. It's been six years to the day of Virgil van Dijk. Was it the 27th he signed on uh, December of 2017? <laughs> Man, I remember looking on Instagram, seeing the picture of him behind the Christmas tree, and I just knew this is the one. This is going to be the guy who takes us to the promised land. And looking back over six years, I don't think... 
I could have ever been more right about a player, but I think we all were because we knew what we had. We knew what was coming. He had done so well for Southampton the, the, the year prior, I think before he had his ACL injury or whatever it was that he had that, that had him out. And, you know, coming in versus Everton so long ago, six years ago almost with, with the header to when you knew he was going to be a special player. And I don't know if this is a hot take, but I felt like he was the captain of Liverpool Football Club from the minute they put the shirt on because of the responsibility that he had and the way that he willed us to win. And that's no disrespect to Henderson, but you could make the argument that there were two captains in the side because of how strong, how much of a leader. You, you look at the guy and, and you just think, I'd follow this guy to war. And there's no qualms about who he's playing with now. He wants to be the guy. He wants to lift the Premier League title for Liverpool in front of a stadium full of fans. You can see it in the way he goes about his business. And he had a he had a, a down year last year. There's there's no doubt about it, as did the whole Liverpool team. And we, we kind of forget how he came back because he was monstrous when he came back. And then the year after, last year, they, they had a downturn. But I'm pretty sure he's won the most headers, has the highest aerial duel percentage. And it, it's not hyperbole to say that the ball's in the air this is the one thing, right? I coach high school soccer in the United States, and I swear to God, one of the most fundamental aspects of the game is off of punts and goal kicks if your center backs win the ball. And I know we're talking about two huge different spectrums of of high uh, football level compared to amateur kids <laughs> running around, but it's not a joke to say he wins like every ball in the air that's in like a 20-meter vicinity. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm just so, so grateful that he came to Liverpool when he did. And I really think this year he's going to kick on and 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 take us to the promised land again. I really think so. I really think so. Jamie, to add to your point, can you remember the days of Lovren and Skull? I used to be terrified of goal kicks. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I, I swear to God. Because it was a it was a 50-50 whether they were yeah. gonna win the aerial duel or not. And if we lost the aerial duel, they were straight in on goal. Yeah. Virgil comes in every corner and every goal kick. I'm just I'm just sat back in the sofa. I'm like, if it goes towards Virgil, we're cool. Yeah. You know, go ahead, please, please so, do it and give us the ball back. Cav, some strikers don't even try. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, ask him. You know when people talk about he uses aura as defending, and you know it's become a bit of a, a Twitter, uh, Twitter fan base's sort of slander almost against yeah. Virgil. It's not actually because if you deeply analyze it, that aura is actually true. Attackers, if certain players, and it worked for certain attackers as well, and defenders and midfielders. If you have an aura about you. People refrain or people don't try certain things. It's a conscious oh. thing. It's absolutely conscious effort. Like, oh, he's too good. There's no point in me trying that even. And that's what it actually means. So when people actually try to slander him, oh, Virgil used his aura to defend it, go back and check footage. He actually does. So many attackers talk about it on their podcast. Like when Virgil was playing, we'd give up. We don't chase. Like, for, uh, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. For sure, Troy Deeney goes around charging everyone, and he says, "I never used to bother with 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 Virgil," and that shows you aura. Um, but but Cav, coming to you, another person who I think has got a different kind of aura about him, right? But I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just wanted Diogo Jota back 
in the fold because all of these chances that we've been missing or all of these rough patches or games were tight and there's scuff chances or or we need a, a fox in the box or whatever we need we need someone to just put the ball in the back of the net no thrills no drag backs no pieces of skill no nothing just suddenly the ball trickles over the net mm-hmm. that man is diogo jota um just thrilled to have him back just thrilled to him to be on the end of that chance no one else and i mean it even the great legendary mythical mohammed salah for me <laughs> for me there's no one i want at the end of chances than diogo jota yeah i agree i agree he is um out of the forward line probably the best finisher you know uh, asim spoke about it earlier left foot right foot headers you know that that finish you know in the against burnley he sort of drags it onto his left foot and then rifles it between Trafford's legs. I mean, we've seen that so often. We've seen headers, we've seen him run across the box and, and delay shots. We've seen him get on the back stick. You know, we've seen him we've seen him score every, almost every type of goal. He is a finisher, you know, and he isn't, I'll tell you what, he isn't. He isn't a project, which everybody else seems to be. He yeah. is cemented centre-forward, first choice on the team sheet because one way or another, regardless of how he's playing, he scores goals. You, you create you, you create the chances to him. You get the ball to him in the 18-yard box. He just knows what he's doing. He has a calmness in the box that the others don't quite have yet. You know, everybody, and you could even see it in the Burnley game. You could even see it in his goal. You know, every all the other forwards in the box, they get on the ball and they get a little bit too excited. And they, get, <coughs> and they try to rush everything, you know, and they take maybe one too many touches or they choose the run option, not Jota. Jota is so used to being in that 18-yard box. He's so used to, you know, tucking away these chances that he just makes the right decision more often than not. And he ends up hitting the back of the net. And he's going to be crucial, crucial for us this season, as he has been since he came in. You know, we think yeah. about the famous stunt three and how, and how, you know, immaculate they were and how fluid they were. I mean, we always thought, how could we ever replace this? Well, well, Jota came in yeah. and, and when he did, he was coming off the bench and scoring goals and scoring winners. And for the first time, we were able to say, we might want to put Jota in ahead of Firmino in some games and so on. That's how good he was and that's how good he is. And obviously, unfortunate injuries have sort of taken away um, the sort of time, and his, I know he's reached 50 goals, but perhaps he could be on even more if he was available the entire time. Um, but he has been brilliant since he's, he's came here. I've watched some interviews. I watched uh, the Cody one uh, before when they were talking about when he was at Wolves and they asked him, like, who was the most impressive player you played with? And he picked out Jotter and he just said, he just couldn't believe for, for a guy his height, how strong he mm. is on the ball. He's power running. Like you, if you get if he starts running at you anywhere around the 18-yard box or in the 18-yard box, he how quick he is to turn. But once he starts running, it's so difficult to shrug him off the ball. Like he has so many qualities that are just, you know, will go unnoticed. His movement in the box, you know, everything, everything. He is a center forward through and through. And he is brilliant. And we need him on the pitch as much as we possibly can get him, you know. Um, I think it was just, it was a nice game for him to come back. I think he was only, I think the medical staff said he was only supposed to have 10 <laughs> minutes for his development. We took him on a bit earlier, but it doesn't take him long to score. And he's shown us, he's shown us what we've been missing a little bit, really, mm-hmm. almost instantly when he come back. Um, so pleased to have him. Key that we keep him fit now. Obviously, we've got Arsenal coming up. He loves to play against them. Um and we just need to manage him 
we need to manage him and make sure that you know we don't uh overstretch him. We don't need to, we still have options in that front line, but he's 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 crucial for us. It is absolutely crucial. I couldn't I couldn't say any any more <clears throat> on him really how important he's gonna be for this season. Okay. Go on. Yeah, well, Cav, 100%, I agree with everything that he says. I think we've been crying out because, of obviously, Jota, the profile, the player he is, uh, and we're going to miss his character traits and personality on the pitch. But I think he's the perfect hybrid between Gakpo and Darwin Nunes. And we've been looking to transition from this Jurgen Klopp, high-energy type of football to this, you know, dare, you know, can I say, call it Pep Guardiola type, Pep Limders-influenced type of positional play. But... You know, in terms of where there was a you know outcry of Gakpo for United, because we thought United are going to park the post. We need a smart player to sort of, you know sort of like you know break the lines, and make that little turn and pass, and you know strike you know like we saw last year against United. But I think he's the perfect blend. Where if we need someone to play on the shoulder, he can do that. If we need someone to connect play, yes, albeit I understand. Granted, he's not as gifted as someone like you know Bobby or even Gakpo uh, in terms of having a, a touch like like him but I think he's the perfect blend he's deceptively deceptively quick deceptively strong um underrated in the air and he has every single character trait and there was a goal this year where you look you know remember that Owen goal against Ayala uh, obviously he wasn't as good as that but he took it across the defender and whacked it in the in the far corner, there's so many. You you look at him, you probably don't think which is his stronger foot. Is his left? Is it right? So mm. you know we don't have that in our front line, and he even has that arrogance in a nice way where he doesn't look at Salah and think he's Mohammed Salah. I'm Diego Jota. I've got my own right in playing this. You know, in I was going to say that Asim. Do you remember when he first came in, or not even when he first came in, but he was not overruled. Do you remember we had we were in the middle of Bobby, yeah, Mane and Salah, and we were thinking, oh. Whoever we bring in has to be Mbappe levels to compete. Yeah. He said, I'm here to compete. I'm not here to. And you're right. Just like we were speaking about Kwanzaa and his confidence levels, Jotra has shown that. And now he's the, actually, he is the most senior forward yeah. after Salah, right? He's the most yeah. senior forward after Salah. Yeah. Um, uh, someone, I, I mean, I brought up that comment earlier, Pixelated Pigeon channel member, valued channel member, big up Pixelated Pigeon every time. He says, Title charge is on if we can keep Jota fit, guys. I'm so Asim. I so firmly believe, amongst all of the other usual players that we talk about, yeah, Salah has to stay fit. Allison, Virgil, I think Jota is in that elite category for me as well. If we're gonna have a title charge, uh, like Saeed suggests, and I didn't want to respond to Saeed because I just want to respond with Imarco, who says, "Shut up, Saeed." Uh, so shut up, Saeed. <laughs> um, but. Jota's vital. He comes in that category of must stay fit if we have any chance in this title race. Crucial goals, Chris. Crucial goals. I don't know the exact stat, but you know, there's a lot of talk about Jota scoring and breaking the deadlock. Um, mm. And we are going to come up against low blocks, resilient defences, uh, especially at Anfield. And when you need someone just to come up in the box, he is that man, whether he starts or makes an impact on the bench. And I've been seeing a lot of um, you know, sort of uh, statements about Darwin Nunes. If he bangs, Liverpool could be, you know, winning the league. But more importantly, you know, Diego Jota, because he's got the track record. Shall I tell you why, in my opinion? Shall I tell you why, guys, in my opinion? I think Cav touched upon confidence. He doesn't need to be having a good game. Yeah. Diaz and Nunes have to be flying. 
Yeah. In mm. terms of their performance, their touch, their as his tricks have to be coming off. Nunes' his first time runs, sorry, first time touch and run have to be coming off. His crosses have to be coming off. Salah, of course, but we know Salah. Jota's the only one, even Gakpo, Gakpo. Salah's the only uh, man, but Jota's the only other one who doesn't have to be looking great for him to bag. Like, at the end of the game, you could be saying, where is Jota? Crying for Jota. I'll take Jota. I'll take Jota. Do you remember asking we were Arsenal away a couple of seasons back? Yeah. And the whole away section <laughs> was saying, take Jota. And I was like, just keep him on the pitch. Just keep him on the pitch. He was having a stinker of a game. Bang. Out of the blue. Got us the winning goal. He's that kind of guy. Mm. Uh, Jamie, we got the victory. And of course, we spoke about Jota, and it's going to be absolutely vital now. Suddenly, we're not going to have the options and variety of attack that we, we had all season because Mohamed Salah plays his last game before he goes off to the AFCON on when, uh, Sunday. Is it playing Newcastle Sunday? Yeah. Sunday, isn't it? Monday. Monday, Monday. I beg your pardon. We play, Monday we night, play, yeah. We play, wow. Whole week, yeah? We got What are we going to do for a whole week? All right, we'll, we'll think of something. But... Um, but Mohamed Salah goes away. Suddenly, we've got four attackers. Jota just come back from injury. It's vital that we keep these options open, especially Doak to a lesser extent, obviously injured. That just gives us the four attackers to keep busy, busy, busy in, in a very busy period. It's vital that they all remain fit right now because I, I have slight, I have more than slight concerns without Mohamed Salah. I'm going to be honest. Who, who, who wouldn't have who concerns wouldn't? about Mohamed yeah. Salah? being there um but at the same time you know we've come through red cards we've come through the pgmol we we've come through you know every conspiracy that that, that you could imagine no but it, it, it'll be tough for for more than just muhammad salah being gone but i believe we play what three competitions in the next month yep we've got uh fulham twice over We've got uh, Arsenal in the FA Cup. Twice. Twice. Twice Fulham. Chelsea. Twice Arsenal. And so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a make or break part of the season. But at the same yep. time, Liverpool Football Club, we, we we should be gearing up, raring for this, being excited, and seeing there's opportunities here to win silverware. Am I concerned that Mohamed Salah is going to, to be gone for a little while? Yeah, yeah, obviously, as anyone would be. But I think that, as we've mentioned before here on this show, it'll be the perfect time for others to step up. Let's see when the chips are down how Darwin Nunez is going to play, how Cody Gakpo is going to play, how Luis Diaz is going to play, how Diogo Jota is going to play. See where Harvey Elliott ends up on any different amount of rotation and different XIs where he could feature... I think there's something very, very, very underrated about the the Carabao Cup. And here's what it is, right? You get all your fans into Wembley in late January, early February, and you get a taste, a little taste of what it can be like for the rest of the season. It can get you motivated in a way that's different that I didn't know until we won it in, uh, what was that, 2022? in 2022 and so i think uh the the game with arsenal will also be interesting because we're both going for for the title and so you know does mikel arteta think oh it's not it's not 
worth it to go heavy and experienced in this game at the expense of the Premier League? I don't know. I think there's so many twists and turns and so much room to grow. Because I think the last thing I'll say on Liverpool and Mohamed Salah leaving is I don't think we've played our best football yet and we're in first position. I don't think we've played our best football yet. I think that there could be periods of games where we could have had more clean sheets, scored more goals, had better link up, had injuries along the way, but let's get healthy. Let's try and get our best excise going after Salah gets back. Let's see what happens for the rest of the season. Uh, Sanyo, and I want to get Asim and, 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 and Cavs very quick opinions and views, because obviously the question on everyone's lips will be, how do we cope without Salah in terms of mm. formation and personnel? Uh, Sanyo says, Chris, both other times Salah's been at AFCON, we have coped fine. He's right. He's right. I, mm. I remember Al- Axel... Oxlade. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's holiday season, guys. Come on. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain stepping in that right wing berth and and, and covering. Cav, I'll go to you first. What would you do on the whole? Obviously, it's going to be courses for courses, but Mm -hmm. what do you think is going to be the go-to formation or personal-wise as well without Mohamed Salah, in your opinion? Because it's just opinion. I think that we may play Elliot on on the right wing. Uh, and possibly Zabozalai uh, if required, but obviously you're taking two midfield options out of what's already a little bit of a depleted midfield with uh, the absence of Endo and McAllister, although McAllister hopefully should be returning soon, and putting them into the forward line. So we do need to manage the midfield uh, properly as well. Um, but I actually think at times we'll probably play better football uh, without Salah. I think I think um, Zabozalai and... And Elliot, I think they may offer us more variety in our attack. Um, I think they'll both try and hit the byline, which Salah doesn't really want to do. Uh, I think they'll both look to, you know, put a cross into the box. I think they'll both drive into the box. You know, I just think that the link could possibly be better without Salah. But Salah does the most important thing, which is put the ball in the back of the net. So that's not to say that overall it'll be it'll be a good thing to play without him. Um, of course, it won't be. I think I think Elliot. The good thing is Elliot's playing well. And and he's, he seems to be in in form. He seems to be contributing with with goals and assists. Um, and we've got somebody there that's um, that feels good about themselves and in a good moment to step in and play out on that right wing. He obviously had a taste for it uh, a couple of games back, wasn't it? Uh, and he and he did well. Um, and Zabozalai, you know, he we know he can sort of play that position as well if need be. You've got Jota. Who's, ho- who's back now, so you might look to play Jota on the right. I know he's done it from time to time. Gakpo's played more of a right midfielder as a substitute. He yeah. could possibly do it. You might even you might even chuck Diaz out there, which might reignite a little bit of form in him. You know, instead of trying to cut in every single time, he might just be forced to hit the byline and put yeah. some crosses into the box, which could be something that, you know, uh, it benefits him and benefits us because... We don't really see that a lot from Salah in the minute, and and maybe you know I'm just I'm just theorising here. Maybe that might get something out of Nunes because he's recognising he's got a winger on the right side now that's going to hit the byline and put a ball back into the cross. It's going to be on the ground or it's going to be dinked in, and might, he might just be more used to them type of things back in his days in Benfica. So you know there's there's options there. We've always spoken about the options we have in our forward line and our midfield. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to use it. Now's the time for the players to step up. It's all well and good having five forwards, you know, 
But that only means if one of them's out that the others are there and they're good enough to step up and get the results over the line. So mm-hmm. we're entering a period where we need them to do that. And um, it'd be nice and would be in a better position if Diaz was in form and if Gakpo and Nunes were in form. But they're positive guys. Their shoulders, they're not sulking. The shoulders haven't dropped. They're still working hard. We just really need them to find that form. And um, hopefully they will. Asim, uh, people that have been listening to my drivel will know that I'm of the firm belief that we are working towards a formation, a way of playing this season that long-term doesn't rely on Mohamed Salah. I truly believe we are trying to establish a way of attacking or even playing without Mohamed Salah. One of the ways of doing that is obviously, like Pixley Pigeon says, possibly going to a 4-4-2. What do you think will be our... What do, what do you think? How, how do you think? We'll be, I mean, as I said, we will change and we don't know. Klopp's going to yeah. keep changing this position. But what do you think his go-to is going to be while Salah's away? I think the go-to will still be our 4-3-3 formation. Uh, now, we might see different sort of setups when we're in possession. Like you said, horses for courses. We've done 4-4-2 slash 4-2-4 in games. I can remember when we went 4-2-4 slash 4-2-4 in that um, few years ago against Man City when we surprised them where Gini Wijnaldum, I think it was Fabinho in the midfield, for 20 minutes, even Guardiola was surprised and we got 1-0 ahead. We ended up, was it a draw that game? I can't remember now. Yeah, we went. 1-1. Was it 1-1? Joe, Joe, Gomez, Joe Gomez gave the penalty away handball. Yes, yes. So, but I think 4-4-2 or slash 4-2-4 is a formation that Klopp goes to when he, he likes to make a few changes, in particular, maybe ch- chasing the game. Um if we start with that, I think it puts a bit too much emphasis on the two midfielders to maybe, especially if you've got, if you've got like a Diaz uh, or even a Gakpo, maybe the pressing is not as good. But if you've got a Saboslai on the wing, uh, then I think we can keep it. But I think the four-three-three will be the go-to option with Robertson back. You might see Gomez can play a bit more of a role, a role at right back. You might see Trent in midfield playing the sixth role at Anfield, especially. If we're coming up against a side where we'll probably have 70-80% of the ball. Uh, but I liked, and I tweeted it last week when I saw the, the West Ham game, I thought we saw a bit of a snippet uh, of when Salah is going to be you know, away on international duty where I really love the fluidity between uh, Elliot and Saboslai, where I kind of agree with Cav where we play better football in what a position when compared to Elliot and Saboslai, as in Saboslai and Salah. What I mean by that is, is nobody is going to replace the output of Salah. But in terms of sharing the burden, in terms of this fluidity and interchanging positions, because both are comfortable in both positions, I think it works really, really well. And they both, you know, stay out wide for the other one to, to come into the half space. Uh, and the interchange as well for Trent to come in to the right side in half space as well. And I think Trent will have a, a really big role depending on... He is our main creator from deep. Let's make no mistake about it. And everything mm-hmm. else will fall into place. But it's just sharing the burden. Nobody, like I said, is going to is gonna sort of replicate the, bur- uh, the the output that Salah provides us. But these, you know, the weeks that he's away, we have to make sure not only one or two, three, four, five players are carrying that responsibility and make sure they perform. And when he's back, we're there or thereabouts because if we're there or thereabouts, I think we're doing a mad one. Yeah, look, as people have said, sort of 
you know, and then Asim and Kev said as well, you're never going to replace the output. Just You just need to sort of share the burden. One person won't be able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be crucial. It's going to be exciting. Or we could always just get Mbappe in general. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but maybe not. But, 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 but there will be calls for personnel. There will be calls for transfers. We're very quickly, I know we've run out of time. Um, um, well, we haven't run out of time, but I'm keeping you over time. Sorry, guys. But uh, the chat's been so flowing. I just thought I can't quicken it anymore. But we must touch on January transfer window very briefly. Obviously, we'll be covering it more in detail as the weeks go by, days go by. Jamie, just very briefly, if if I give you the option of bringing a position in, um, which position you're going to go for? Because... Because it's tough, in my opinion. I, I I wake up every morning changing my mind. I'm flip-flopping like anything. Um, but what's the one position that you'd go for as a bona fide, all right, I'm doing this? It's such a cop-out, Grizz. It's such a <laughs> cop-out. But I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. It's going to be someone who can play uh, left-back and centre-back. I, I think that would be the, the, the most obvious um, inclusion. I know uh, Anthony Robinson was linked today. I know uh, the lad from Sporting, uh, Gonzalo Inacio, I believe, was linked in those positions. Um, I think uh, if it came down to the money, I think probably, I know Aiton Nori is someone who everyone who watches the Premier League rates him, thinks he's a good, good player as well, I think he and Gonzalo Nasio will probably be pretty expensive. I could see... Put it this way. No one rates Ait Nori more than Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah is an advocate of Nori. Anthony Robinson had <laughs> uh, had Mohamed Salah on an island the last game, it felt like, when mm. we played Fulham. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Simakas injured. Oh, Robert yeah. Injured the most obvious need considering we're playing a right back and a center back at left back be left back i'd go anthony robinson at 20 million pounds i think it could be something that could help us Cav, mm. i guess probably has to be a defender would it be a center back would it be more of a center back that can play left back or would it be a left back that can play at center back if you know what <laughs> i mean um, see, see, in, in, in a perfect world, we'd get an Ake type player that's comfortable playing out from the back and play both left centre back and left back. But looking at the sort of guys that are linked, the sort of tangible sort of acquisitions, I think Eight Nori and Robinson would be good. They are out and out sort of left backs. I like the idea of getting the left back as well, just to add that width to our team, just to have that overlapping player that can put the ball into the box as well. Uh, we've seen eight Nori, especially against us, how well he does going forward and what have you. Um, but it's the ripple effect, isn't it? If you get a left back, you free up Joe Gomez to play either centre back or right back. If he plays right back, do you want to do, do? Do you want to? Put, and this is the question I was going to come to all mm -hmm. of you guys. Do you want to change Joe Gomez? Because if you don't, and he's excelling at playing auxiliary left back and right back, mm. and he hasn't, I don't think he's performed. <laughs> to the levels at centre-back that he has at um, 
fullback since his injury. Of course, we know originally Joe mm. Gomez was the ultimate centre back alongside Virgil. But I mean, since his injury, mm. since his injury, and since his comeback from injury, it, I don't think he's played as well as he has at fullback. So, mm. so can I tempt you with a centre back and leave Joe Gomez as the auxiliary fullback? Can I tempt you? No. I just, I just think, I just think in Kwanzaa and Kanate and Virgil will have enough. And, and, and I think it's really unfortunate. I think it will be really unfortunate for one of them to get injured. Kanata is probably the most likely, isn't he? But even then, I, I'd be I'd be all right with Gomez in this current form, stepping into centre-back for a few weeks, okay. especially with Robinson, uh, Robertson coming back. And, and like I say, it just gives you the option. You can play in left-back, you can play in right-back. That can, that can push Trent into midfield if need be. You know, with no endos going out, so Trent can play the six if required. Um, whereas if you get a centre back in, you know, you've still, you know, you've got to do a bit more work in the rest of the side, whereas that Gomez flexibility really does free up so many positions. So I would prioritise getting a left back. Robertson coming back, uh, I think at the end of January, middle to end of January, might take him a little bit of time to sort of get up to speed mm. as well. Um, Simicast looks like he's going to be out for a while. So this is this is the remainder of the season we've got to think about. You know, we've got to think a little bit further ahead than, ju than just January. And I do think that that left-back position is pretty crucial. Endo will come back to the yeah. midfield. Um, Salah will come back to the forward line. We have enough numbers there. Um, you know, hopefully we just fingers <coughs> crossed need these just to keep the guys we have available fit. And, and you now have players finding form. You have, you know, you have Gravenberch back in there. I think uh, we spoke a little bit about him earlier, but he's going to continue to develop. Curtis yeah. Jones come back in and look well, look like he's got a real good tactical understanding and stuff. So in midfield, we can manoeuvre things if we need yeah. to. Definitely. Forward line, we can as well. So I just think that left back's probably at this point in time of the injuries we've got one of them positions. And I don't have much faith in, in Bacetic and, uh, and Thiago coming back anytime soon as well. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just disregarding that completely, to be honest. Bonus if it happens. Yeah, one of those ones. Yeah. yeah. Omar's in the chat. He says, hi, no idea what the convo is. If he just ended the sentence there, that would have been absolutely perfect and fitting for him. Um, but he added for some reason, but I want to send it back, lad. Um, ask him, sent, same questions, basically, to end it with. Centre-back that can play left-back, i.e. Anasio, or a left-back that has attacking attributes, i.e. Robinson and, and Nuri. But then that you know, basically what we've discussed, which way are you shifting towards? I agree with the, I think, it, I think both of them are more inclined towards a left back who can play centre back as well. Okay. I think, I think Gomez can do a, a job. I agree. He's probably days with all due respect at centre back. He can do a job. He's fourth we'll choice a... now at centre back. Do we agree by the way, guys, by the way, is yeah. Kwanzaa ahead of Gomez at centre back guys? Give me a yeah. yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, too easy to answer. The proof's okay. in the pudding, isn't it? The proof's okay. in the pudding. Um, but I think Bajetic, yeah, we have sort of kind of lost hope, but I'm hopeful he can play some role, whether that's in midfield and whether even if it's sometimes playing as a right back, because I can think he can play that role if need be to just to, you know, give um, Trent a rest at times. But yeah, I think Shimikas and Robertson are a bit too similar. Whether we, we do something in the market in the summer with one of them, more in sort of uh, likely with Shimikas, but we need to replace, you know, one of them to make sure that defender, especially if we're going to stick with this system. If it was a, a normal conventional 4-3-3, I'd be happy with it. 
but we're adaptable. We're bringing adapt- versatile players who can play different setups and different systems. And I, I you know, the, the two areas have been talked about, haven't they? That left side is centre back role. Although I must stress that Robertson has done a really, really good job there in his own way. He's done a really good job. And the other area is the deficiency at DM. So if we're going to provide a bit of extra protection, if we're not going to buy a DM because of Endo and, you know, McAllister, we might look at it, obviously, in the summer. Then I want a bit of extra protection in that last defensive line. And if we can get a defensive type left back... So you want a defense, more... So you want a more defensive type of left back, stroke centre back, as opposed to... Correct. See, this is this is what I, I I can't work out what I want because, what I want to because if we want Gomez as that if we're using Gomez as our auxiliary left back and right back yeah even though Gomez is showing uh, Cafu levels of yeah. attacking ability in recent weeks he's naturally a more defensive than a Trent even a Simicast some would say I don't know man do I do you want a more defense so all of you the, want the, more the reason why the reason why I say it is Grizz is for my own liking, I still think we're conceding a few more chances than someone like Arsenal. Arsenal and, you know, Man City, I know we're top of the league, but you see a bit more control in their play. And for me, you know, the likes of Kyle Walker, the likes of Ben White staying in that last line, it gives them a bit more protection. And we don't even have the Rodri. We don't even have the, the Declan Rice. So we don't have the, la- the the third defender in the last line in transition. And we don't have the DM to protect all that. So something has to give, and I'm not surprised why we concede a few more chances. And we sort of uh, shore up that in those areas. I think it'll improve us. Um, I've done a poll um, with the two names linked this morning with, with left-backs, when it comes to left-backs. Robinson of Fulham and Ait Nori of uh, Wolves. And, like, Nori's won the vote, well, leading the vote quite convincingly, guys. I thought it would be closer. What, what Robin, was the percentage? Rob, Robinson's an actual athlete, you know. Like, Robinson, for me, I think, guys, I know a lot of Fulham fans, uh, obviously, going studying in London and living in London all my life. They think, and I agree with them, he's probably one of the quickest fullbacks in the Premier League, you know. He's mm. actually a physical mm. specimen. He's yeah, lightning. Right. And I love having speed at the back of our defence. I Nori is physically very strong and good on the ball. Mm. Robin, it's sixty six percent as him uh, to uh, to Nuri. Now, wow. obviously, he's the more attacking Wolves playing a five. Mm. <laughs> do you I'm think it's surprised. got? Do you think it's got? Uh, uh, age has got anything to do with it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think Robinson's mm. about twenty six. Yeah, Nuri's younger, 23. So yeah. that 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 hasn't, uh, but I don't know, man. If I want a, an orthodox left back, because Robertson, you're right, Asim. Robertson took a little while, but he's adapted very nicely, and there's always going to be adaptation. Gomez plays that role ro- very well, though. Gomez, but the thing is, we automatically thought Gomez is going to be our Carl Walker, Stroke, Ben White type fullback, centre back. He's been playing like an overlapping wing back. It's yeah. mad. <laughs> I don't get it. So you'd think Gomez, Konate and Virgil would be our base and then let Trent do the roaming. And yeah. it, it's been obvious. Like, we've still left two at the back with, with Endo and Gomez overlapping and Trent inverting. It's it's quite mad 
how we've played it in recent weeks. But look, let's see. I think we will do some business. I, I think it will be one yeah. if we do. I don't think yeah. we're going to be um, going all out for two, even though many would demand two. Um, I think a tax fine, guys. We can always be picky and choosy and want more and more and more. But I think a tax fine. Midfield depth is there as long as the injuries clear up. Um, and McAllister hopefully should be back. Hopefully, hopefully, if if not Newcastle, but definitely after that. Um, mm. Guys, we're going to have to end it there. Otherwise, we're going to uh, talk all night. Because I think you starred a few uh, uh, super chats. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go through the super chats now. Uh, Ravinda sends in a super chat. He says, respectfully and love to all making LFC content. Watch Grizz for years. Been watching Asim on his channel recently. Recently, Top brother and top channel. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Thank you, um, Rob. Go make sure you go check out Born and Red. As I said, guys, uh, yo, what's good is in the building. He says, Kwanzaa, probably our second best ball-playing centre-back. That being said, I think there's a lot to be desired with his running ground power. Power, new centre-back still needed, in my opinion. Yeah, look, he's a young lad. He hasn't... I don't think he's matured physically either, guys. If he's 20, yeah. I don't think he has. Grace, you know who Kwanzaa reminds me of a little bit? Hit it. John Stones at Everton. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like his composure. Honestly, guys, honestly, if, if, if this was about a couple of years ago, many would be clamoring for him to be converted into a DM because that was the seen thing to do. When you get a centre-back like that a couple of years ago, automatically it was seen, convert him into a DM. But the modern mm -hmm. way of playing, Peppers suggests or has shown that it's, no, you can be that ball-playing DM playing at centre-back. So I don't think there's a need for him to, to be uh, sort of turned into a, a, a centre-back. Uh, sorry, a DM. Memphis Depay, what's he doing in our chat? Uh, he says, community <laughs> man, is the title charge on? I guess that's a brilliant way of uh, ending it, is the title charge on? Um, it's pretty much um, it's pretty much a couple of sentences answers, guys. Uh, I'll start with you, Jamie. Well, you know, if we're first place after 38 games, we're first place after 19, let's hope we can duplicate it. Absolutely. Cav? Are you more confident than you was at the start of the season? Of course. But is your confidence mm. growing week by week? Dwindling Definitely. week by week? How are you? Where are you? No, it's growing. It's growing because uh, we know the quality that this team has. We know how good it can be. And each game, <clears throat> each week, we're seeing signs that they can get there. And during that time, we're getting results. Uh, obviously, we're disappointed with United, disappointed with Lewin, disappointed with Arsenal. We're all being said and done halfway through the season, top of the table for now. Um, and a lot of more developments come if we can get through the festive period like we have done and we can get through January like we have we have done previously, then we will really be in some confident form for a title charge. So, yeah, we, we, I think we're in it, certainly. I, I love comments like these, guys. Asim, Zia says, Grizz, what are we doing at the top of the league? We don't deserve it. I don't believe, I don't believe that we don't deserve it. I'm I'm forever fighting the lads at Big Six that keep telling me, you know, they still... And I said, carry on doubting and not talking about us. I don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit because we are the ones that watch our team week in, week out. And Vincent Company said something interesting today, Asim. Yeah. He said, I've played against some of the best teams Liverpool have created in the last, you know, whatever era, yeah? And he said, even though the quality is... Words to the effect of even we don't know the final quality of this team, he goes, the, the energy and the intensity is back with this team. And and to win a league, Asim, 
you have to be very hard to beat. 100%. 100%. Look, you know, yeah, I think uh, Jamie mentioned it, that we haven't been, you know, all singing, all dancing this season. But, you know, in previous years, if you're sitting at the top of the, the, top of the, the table without even playing well, you'd be called a proper championship winning team where you can win ugly and still be, you know, performing, you know, to a level where you're picking up three points on a weekly basis. We're sat top of the tree, albeit with a game in hand for Arsenal. But I've always said it, you know, you know, Grizz, we share a few WhatsApp groups and I've been saying, we're going to do a mad one this season and we are going to do a mad one. Don't you worry about that. Well, there you go. Omar and Asim says we pretty much won the league. Let's be real, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, ribbons, uh, ribbons are whoosh, as they say. Um, guys, uh, I've really enjoyed tonight's chat show. Call it what you want to call it, more of a chat than a show, so to speak. Um, thank you so much, Asim, for coming on. It won't thank be the last much. time. Um, it uh, definitely, definitely won't be the last time. And of course, Jamie, you have returned. If we do fall off from here, Jamie, you will be blocked. Not invited, <laughs> you'll be blocked on all platforms. Uh, and I will be bringing back Evan, um, you know, as, uh, as, the USA, as the USA correspondent. Uh, but now, big up, Jamie. Uh, hope you carry and continue doing the great work that you're doing with, with the coaching over in the States. Um, Cav, I really enjoyed that, Cav. We, uh, we didn't need the rest of the old stooges, <laughs> did we? Sort of. Hey. We got squad depth now. We got Some squad depth. So... <laughs> we got squad depth now. People, uh, smash the likes if you haven't already. Still, three hundred and sixty of you guys have stayed with us till the very, very end. Really appreciate the love. Really appreciate the support. I'm gonna try to do everything on my own now. Found the outro as well. Conroy's not here to help me. Actually, Conroy's rubbish. Who needs Conroy when you got Chris? Anyway, over and out. Take care. Peace. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.